Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, Patty. <laughs> Hi, Adam. How, How are, are you? I'm good. How you doing? Good. I warned you, though. I'm feeling sassy. Oh, oh good Lord. God help us. All right. So, put your seatbelts on, folks. This is gonna be a good. This is gonna be a good one. Then, Patty's feeling sassy. Awesome. Well, listen. Let's jump right into it. We got a great guest lined up today. Uh, I'm excited to bring him on. I've known this gentleman forever, it seems like. Uh, worked together back in the day. He is a Army veteran, uh, the founder of Scars and Stripes Apparel Company, and I believe he's also the co-founder founder of um, a documentary called The Valhalla Club, which we're going to get into here uh, in just a little bit. So everybody, please help me welcome my buddy, Jan Ornstrom. Jan, how you doing, buddy? Hey, thank you for having me. It means a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, as uh, Adam mentioned, um, him and I go way back at, at least 10 years uh, now. Um, and uh, Army veteran did one tour uh, of Iraq for 13 months. Um, a lot of people on the West Coast may have seen me uh, on TV, uh, pro wrestler for uh, since the age of 16, so 21 years now, no, 20 years now. Um, and then uh, I also own Scars and Stripes, a clothing company that some of y'all may see online, and uh, just recently uh, produced and just distributed the documentary The Valhalla Club. So let's listen. I want to. I want to talk about your pro wrestling. Well, actually, let me let, let's talk about scars and stripes first, as because of the pro wrestling kind of ties into Valhalla Club here a little bit. What prompted you to start Scars and Stripes? <clears throat> scars and Stripes was started um, because it was I wanted to do a business that uh, reached out towards uh, veterans because uh, I did not interact when I got out of the service. Uh, I did not interact with too many veterans and I missed talking to other people who had served the, the camaraderie and, um, you know, leaving uh, the army. I went right into corporate America and it was kind of hit and miss. Some people I, I clicked with, uh, but a lot I didn't, but the ones I did with usually were some kind of military background. So eventually I wanted to uh, get into a business that, um, would allow me to network and interact with, with other veterans. Uh, so originally Scars and Stripes started out as a, as a brewery out here in Texas. And uh, unfortunately uh, we had to uh, shut down because we had one of our, our brewmasters went on to greener pastures, but I enjoyed the whole process of meeting and networking with people and, and running a business. And so I uh, took it and I pivoted and I went into the uh, apparel uh, business to keep that going. And that's where I've been for the past uh, three years now doing uh doing t-shirts, beanies, um, and that kind of stuff. And they got some great products out, folks. Uh, Jan, where can people see or where can they order one of your short uh, shirts or beanies? Uh, www.scarsandstripes.com. Awesome. So make sure you check that out, folks. If you're listening to the show, you're already on the internet. Open up another browser, go to scarsandstripes.com, and check their stuff out. I'm I got one uh, one of my favorite shirts actually that I wear quite often is their tattooed veteran uh, shirt in the blue. Uh, I absolutely love it. Yana, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, and one mm -hmm. of the big things why uh, you know why we're talking to you today is you. Pro wrestler. I mean, you you've you've seen you've pretty much seen it all, 
and that kind of ties into the Valhalla Club uh, documentary. What what's it going to tell us a little about your pro wrestling? Uh, excuse me, your pro wrestling career. Sorry, how it all started, and then how that ties into the Valhalla Club. My pro wrestling career started. Uh, I started training when I was a, a junior in high school. It was a it's a dream that I had since I was four years old, and uh, I had the opportunity to start, and I started moving on that. And so I started doing the pro wrestling stuff uh, all around Southern California and uh, Arizona and uh, Texas and parts of uh, Mexico. Um, and then, unfortunately, nine uh, eleven happened, and it put everything to a, a grinding halt uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I was supposed to be going to Japan and because of that, uh, you know, talent wasn't being flown in. Uh, also, it was really hard to focus on pro wrestling. At that time, I was a, I was a sophomore in college and I, uh, I couldn't really focus knowing that uh, the country was going to war and coming from somebody who, uh, a family on both sides of my family that has strong military lineage, I, I made the decision to uh, to put that dream on hold, and I, I enlisted uh, into the army. And then I did four years there, which was a, a, a wonderful four years. The army, um, I always say, the army really got helped me get my life uh, together, a lot with discipline, staying dedicated. Um, and uh, my Iraq experience, although it was uh, not in a great area at all, and um, there was a really long and rough thirteen months. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be the person who I am today without not only being there, but also the, the men and women that I was, I was there with. Um, so transitioning out of the military, uh, going back to pro wrestling, it was, um, it was interesting because more people were coming out to uh, shows to see me and they would want to talk because they had, uh, this was in 2006. They had, um, you know, siblings or, what have you that uh, was was in and was over there was currently over there just got back and they really um, liked the uh, the message that I was I was putting out there um, the whole time though I was not being open about you know my struggles with with readjustment and uh, and handling my PTSD I was very much in denial about a lot and uh, eventually it, it got uh, toxic to the point where I I, uh, I had to do big lifestyle changes and, um, the big one was, was getting my, uh, my drinking under control and not being, uh, so angry. And, and that's something I, I still battle with today, the anger parts, but, uh, it really took a lot of soul searching and deep down, um, looking at myself, figure out how to get to the person that I wanted, wanted to be. And, uh, I found great strides in that doing pro wrestling because pro wrestling, uh, to be a successful pro wrestler, it's, it's a, it's a dedicated lifestyle. And, um, I felt at that time that I had a story to tell and I couldn't figure out the right way to do it. And as the years went on and I started wrestling, uh, all around different parts of the, to the country, uh, to include, uh, with WWE for a little bit, um, I, I started interacting more and more with veterans who were getting in the industry and they had, uh, similar stories to, to mine. And I felt that um, it started stuff kind of forming together, forming together until I came across uh, Eddie and John out here uh, in, in Texas. And after talking to them, I just, it just hit me out of the blue that we have to put this in film. We have to tell uh, a PTSD story to reach out uh, to veterans because at, um, there was, this was around the time, this was about 2013. 
where the veteran uh, suicide epidemic was was really being brought to finally being brought to mainstream uh, attention. And I, um, it really hit me in the gut every time I was uh, reading the news and I would see uh, another story about a veteran um, taking his or her life. And so I sat down, uh, wrote out what I would become the Valhalla Club documentary, my, the idea, and I pitched it to Eddie and John to see if they wanted to be a part of it, knowing that doing this, you're going to have to pretty much agree to open up and talk about some really, really dark things. And, uh, they, uh, jumped on, um, you know, without, without question. And I was able to pitch it to a, a small film company uh, out here in Texas and, and we made it work and we created this uh, little documentary about, about, you know, judging on uh, handling PTSD and, and deal and working with them day to day and having a creative outlet and, and trying to put it all together. And, uh, that all kind of, uh, came together, finally wrapped up in a bow with, with the title of a hollow club, which was a personal thing for me because, uh, there's a common saying for those who, when you're deploying, you're going on a mission. It's, it's, you know, it's until Valhalla, like I'll see you if, you know, something happens to me, I'll see you on the other side. So I knew I had to have Valhalla in there anyway, uh, because it's also partly come a Viking. And then, uh, the club part made sense because on the pro wrestling side, uh, one of the greatest, uh, factions in pro wrestling in the past 15 years is this faction called the Bullet Club, and they have done amazing things with pro wrestling. So I took the amazingness of the men and women uh, who serve our country and sacrifice and the amazingness of uh, what this pro wrestling group can do, and I combined them, and it just made sense to call it the Valhalla Club. Jan, did you go to, like... Uh you know, like, like, like there's some camps and stuff like that. Like, I don't want to say farm leagues for, for these wrestling, like, you know, WWE or, or like what used to be like at TNA impact and some of these other places. But it, did you, did you start there and kind of cut your teeth with the wrestling, your wrestling career uh, there? Or did you just kind of jump into it, you know, full, full force? I, uh, I cut my teeth with a, um, an organization in Southern California called the Empire Wrestling Federation. And they were, uh, I used to for, for just terminology reasons, they were a competitor with the, um, the leagues in California that WWE would use as their, their farm system. Um, but I was very fortunate. I came at a time where a lot of talent who are on WWE and like TNA Impact now and New Japan now, I got to train with them. Like we all kind of started at the same time and, uh, it was really a, a special time of pro wrestling, but it was, it was definitely, um, it was definitely a no uh, BS experience for two and a half years, three years. I was always, uh, with traveling with the ring trucks, setting up the ring, taking down the ring, um, working way more experienced people who were, uh, you know, not the gentlest of people in the ring, uh, you know, trying to get the trade down and, you know, driving, uh, four or five hours to make $20 and, um, you know, doing, doing all that, going to training three, four days a week, uh, depending on what was going on. Uh, and just, just doing that. And I, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I, it was such a surreal experience to start making strides for the dream, but it was, um, it was definitely, it was definitely experience where like, you got to really want it to, to last that long. Cause there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of nights where it's, you're not making that much money and you got to figure out how to get to the next town and do the next show. And, um, 
if it was, you know, if it wasn't my life's, what I felt uh, was my, you know, life's calling, my life's dream, uh, I probably don't think I would have lasted that long in it. Nice. Patty, you got a question? Yeah, I do. So you mentioned that sometimes you still have anger or frustration. And I mean, even I do. So to our listeners out there who are not even, you know, maybe military dealing with post-traumatic stress, um, what are some of the ways that you deal with now your anger or frustration? What kind of tips can you give some of our listeners? Uh, I think the biggest thing is having a creative outlet and uh, a good support channel. For me, uh, my creative outlet is usually a physical outlet, whether it be boxing or, or wrestling or jujitsu or just weightlifting uh, in general. Um, I've, I've been very fortunate where, uh, although I have friends that I don't, look to like a supply or a supply rather I'm sorry a support chain uh, I have friends like Adam who I can call if something's really upsetting me and I can't I can't I can't you know put it put it down it's getting me too frustrated it's eating me up and I can't I can't put it to rest I, I have call him or I'll call another one of my friends and kind of vent and you know let let them give me their take on stuff and kind of um you know process stuff I think another thing too is when I've noticed when when people do that they get on the defensive uh, too quickly. And I think uh, it's important internally that you try to just kind of relax uh, and breathe and just uh, work on focusing and eliminating whatever is, whatever is, is bothering you. And um, you know, it's not an overnight thing. It took me a while to get to that point, but uh, it's definitely one of those that's helped me out a lot to have those two elements in my life to help me uh, center. Yeah, I needed to definitely hear that because, um, you know, I was really great at working out and kind of I take my frustrations out at the gym. And the last week I've been kind of traveling around a little bit and I haven't been able to get to the gym and I can definitely feel the tension. I, maybe I should take up wrestling, huh, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I take my 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 frustration out on food. Uh, I, I eat my emotions. Um, and yeah, uh, you eat a lot. And I'm, w- wow. <laughs> he's always texting me yeah. food pictures yeah. or I, when I, we were yeah. in Miami, he's like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Uh, I, I like to eat, but I, I do like, I do like, uh, when I get to the gym, I like working out. One of the things that I've, I've found for myself is I, I, I walk. Uh, now too, I don't, I don't run because I, I don't believe in, in running, uh, anymore. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but walking seems to, to help. I, I used to do the jujitsu and stuff like that. I, I, I missed doing that because it was a great workout and, and it just seems like you leave everything out on the mat. So I can definitely relate with what Jan's saying is find a, a, a good outlet, healthy outlet, positive outlet, take that energy, the negative energy, if you will. And, and turn it into a positive. Use that energy to exert it in a positive way. Work out because when you're working out, you're exerting all that negative energy, and you're actually doing a positive by helping helping yourself stay healthy uh, and one and, and clearing your mind and and whatnot. Uh, Patty, another question? Did you have another? One? Um. So, to get a little nosy, do you have any children? I do. I have three children. Yes. They're 14, 11, and uh, seven. Do any of them wrestle or would you recommend them doing that? <laughs> no, I would recommend them doing it if that's what they were drawn to, but they're, they're just not drawn to it. They don't, they don't care about it. It's um, funny how kids do that. Yeah. Isn't it? 
you know. Yeah, it, well, I tell you. Jan, I wanted to ask you, oh. like, like what, you know, I, <laughs> and I think I know what you're going to say, but how do your kids react when they see dad in the ring, like throwing people around off the ropes and jumping off the top ropes and body slamming people? Uh, well, now they're at a point in their life where they enjoy it. They, they get a kick out of it, but I'll tell you, uh, not when they were much smaller, I, I had this, I do tell the story where my daughter, she was four I want to say and she was watching me uh in a match and I had got knocked down and I had rolled over to my side and I look and I see her running down the aisle way to me and just goes right under the security tape and was trying to get into the ring to come get me uh-huh. and uh her mom had to run and grab her and like you know pull her back and she's screaming for me and she's like flailing her arms and it was really cute. And then, you know, she took her uh, backstage and they were waiting for me after the, the match. And she saw my opponent chair right up to him and hit him right in the crotch. So, yeah, but now, but now when they are, now when they see me out there, they just, they just, you know, they just have fun with it. It's, it's always a, it's always a fun thing. Nice. Since they're entering teenagehood, they're probably like, "I'm not going to mess with this." My dad, <laughs> he's pretty, pretty strong there. They, they don't like my daughter. My daughter is. A, I only have one daughter. It's the oldest one, and um, uh, she she doesn't think anything of it. But like, when guys are talking to her and they see me, when the other teenage boys are talking to her, they see me, and then they're like, "Oh, oh." Yeah, you know, she's going to find the one someday, though, that's going to say, oh, your dad's a wrestler? Cool. And he'll want to meet you, and it'll work. Because, you know, my uh, my dad would always say to the boys, you want to come see my gun collection? And all of them were like, oh, no, I'm out of here. Except for the guy I'm married to <laughs> now. And he's like, yeah, show me the guns. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jan, so – the Valhalla Club documentary, it's it's been out mm-hmm. for a little bit now. You've gotten a ton of interviews uh, about it. If I'm not mistaken, you just recently were interviewed by Rolling Stone here in the last couple months. Uh, what? Where? First off, where can people purchase it? Uh, you can purchase it now on Amazon. We just got picked up by Amazon on uh, Thursday. Uh, so that's, uh, we were on Vimo for a while and that worked, that worked fine. Uh, but Amazon was a better platform and, um, it's just, a, it was a little bit easier to find the video on Amazon. Vimo, you had to be very specific about what you were looking for. And, um, although I'm appreciative for what they had done, it was time to go to a bigger platform with it. So we are now on Amazon. Nice. And, uh, if you have prime, which uh, a lot of people do, uh, you can see a documentary for free. Uh, if you don't, you can pick it up. I think it's like seven ninety nine on Amazon. Very nice. So it's a it's it's definitely a, and it's a, a forty two minute documentary. It's it's definitely not something that won't bore you. It's 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 a good story all the way out. We we throw in clips of the wrestling and we have really candid interviews and it's it's good. It's a, it's I'm really proud of uh, what we uh, accomplished with it. As you should be. It is a great film. I recommend everybody to to take a look at it. Check it out. Go to Amazon, and it's the Valhalla Club documentary. Uh, make sure you check that out. Um, Jan, you're on a show called The Decision Hour, as, as you're familiar, familiar with, knowing me over the years. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that we ask everybody, our, our guests, is 
uh, name a time in your life where your feet were on the line, you had to make that decision. And clearly you, you kind of pinpointed one earlier, but I'd like to ask you, you know, is there a specific time in your life where you made a decision and it, it could be any decision, whether you decided to leave pro wrestling, join the military, get out of the military, you know, move, start this project, uh, what have you, but pick a time in your life where you had to make that decision and explain to the listeners what the atmosphere was like for you at that time. Okay. The, the one that stands out like right away was, uh, in, in Iraq and, uh, uh, I was off, uh, I was at home base. I was at five Summerall, which is just like a half hour in the crit. And, um, I would, we were going out on a mission and as we we're getting ready to go out, one of my friends goes, Hey man, did you know that WWE is, they're coming to our base? Like, like in a couple hours, they're going to be here. And, um, I went and I talked to my LT about it and he was like, yeah, they're coming, but I need you on this mission. So we were just going right outside the gate. I promise you, you'll be back and, uh, you know, you can go talk to him and all that stuff. So I went on this mission. I came back and, uh, sure enough, WWE, the, the tribute to the troops tour that they were doing was, um, was going through my base. And I had, uh, I have my last, uh, one of two copies of my wrestling highlights I had brought with me in Iraq to watch when I was bored to kind of, um, you know, keep focus and stuff. And, I was like, I was looking at it and I'm like, I got to get this in the hands of, of one of their talent people. Cause uh, you know, I did not go, I did not put my dream on hold, uh, to let this opportunity pass me by. So, uh, when they came through, they, they were doing their meet and greet and everybody, you know, lined up and you shook the rest of his hands, took the pictures and all that stuff. Uh, and I was talking to, uh, Eddie Guerrero cause Eddie Guerrero was really good friends with, uh, Jesse Hernandez, the gentleman who trained me uh, in California. And, we were just talking and all that stuff. And I, I was very straightforward. I said, Hey, I get out of service in two years. I want uh, to go to WWE. That's my life's goal. You know, how do I, how do I do this? Who should I talk to here? And Eddie uh, reached over and waved to uh, a guy and a, and a guy came over and Eddie uh, looked at me and he goes, Hey, you go over there. You tell him what you just told me. And I said, no problem. I thanked him and him and I went and Eddie went back to his, his line to go shake hands. Uh, and I told the same guy the same thing. This is my dream. I have this tape of my highlights. Um, who do I got to talk to to get a tryout? Because this is everything to me right now. I did. I walked away from this dream to serve my country, and I'm I'm going back in, you know, feet first when I when I get back. And he was he, was, he looked me up and down. He's like, okay, uh, I know who you talk to. And he went and grabbed another gentleman. And he said, tell him what you just told me. And so I gave the same story. And that guy was uh, uh, John Laurinaitis, who at that time was the guy second under Vince McMahon. Right. For those who don't know, Vince McMahon owns WWE. And um, and John talked to me for like uh, about 10 minutes and took my tape. And then he got a business card and he wrote down his personal cell phone number, his office number. And he said, when you get out, I want you to call me and I will give you a tryout. But I'm only going to open the door and whatever happens after that is on you. And I Thanked. I mean, if I could hug him, I would have, but I just couldn't stop thanking him. And um, two years after that, when I ETSed, I called him, and he stayed true to his word, and he put me uh, as my tryout match, uh, to have a tryout match, and not just any tryout match. They put me as a tryout match on Monday Night Raw uh, in front of 30,000 live people, and then I think it was, it was five-something million watching at home. Oh. And uh, that was nothing. That None of that would have happened had I not taking the shot 
and just went for it, you know? So that would be the thing. You had to make the decision. Like to me, I couldn't, I couldn't let this opportunity. And it was just a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, I, you know, I've, I ran into John a couple times after that, but not having like, and that was it. It was either that I got to pull the trigger on this or, I, or I'm going to regret this. And I took the shot and it ended up panning out very well. I did they ended up unfortunately not signing me uh, because the week before my tryout was the tragedy of Chris Benoit. For those who don't know, the pro wrestler who uh, who killed his wife and, and child, and uh, um, Vince wasn't signing anybody after that. He had to figure out what what to do. And uh, but even with that being the case, I, I all that because I took the shot. I ended up on Monday Night Raw in the semi main event as my tryout match. Who'd you wrestle? So. Uh, crime time. I wrestled with Crime Time. They were a very fun tag team, and they stole my partner's boots after the match, and they sold them to the audience. And uh, it was really cool to go out there and, and actually like I didn't go out there and just like stand around and get beat up. Like I got to do stuff. I got to move around and I got to counter and try to go for something. They let me do, you know, my thing, and it was it was very fun. It was very fun, and it's you know it's that moment like when you're about to go out right after commercial break and you're standing in the gorilla, which is the curtain area. Um, and you have, I have Vince McMahon like to my right telling me what to do. And then, you know, you're sitting there looking through a curtain and you're like, everything that you had worked hard and sacrificed for is about to pay off to bring you to this moment. And then he says, go and you go, you know, all that wouldn't have happened if I didn't take the shot. Man, that is awesome. That's a great story, bro. Great story. Thank you. Thank you. That, that's that's too cool folks uh you know if you're listening to this make sure you check out uh Jan's company's scars and stripes s-c-a-r-s-a scars and stripes.com apparel get your shirts and stuff today also check out um the Holla club documentary and you can find that on amazon today uh we're up on time right now Jan, do you got any parting words for our listeners uh, no, uh, well, that's not fair to say. Yeah, I do. I just, you know, for the men and women who are, you know, you're out there, you're trying to, um, you're struggling, you're trying to figure out, you know, the step for your greatness. Just listen to your gut. Whatever, whatever draws you, use it, use it, maximize it. Don't look back. And I think you'll end up in places in life you never thought you would be in a very, very good way. Uh, and I can tell you that from not only my own personal experience, but uh, you know, me and Adam going way, way back, we've seen each other go through these, the trials and, and found success and do all these cool, fun things. And, you know, it's crazy to think, uh, the people you come across and the, uh, opportunities that fall to you, if you just stick to what you're, what you want to do and just don't give up on it. Nice. Patty, you got anything? Uh, that's just really inspirational. Um, I can't really follow up with that. I mean, that's just great advice to leave you all this week with. Absolutely. Jan, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for taking time out of your day uh, for for joining us. Folks, that's all the time that we have. Make sure you check out uh, the network, heroesmediagroup.com. If you want to be a, become part of the HMG family, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Again, also check out scarsandstripes.com. Uh, great apparel shirts. I love them. And then check out the Valhalla Club documentary until next time for patty i'm adam you've been listening to the decision hour